0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about tipping in America. A quick search for tipping returns myriad results, and they are all diverse. There are posts about the etiquette of tipping... Guidelines for tipping, arguments for and against tipping, personal anecdotes about working within the tip culture and the realities of life for those who rely on tips, and posts, articles entitled, Tipping Fatigue is Costing Workers from LinkedIn, The Case Against Tipping in America from Eater, but also from Eater, The Definitive Guide to Tipping at Any Restaurant in America, and again from Eater. The data is overwhelming. Tipping encourages racism, sexism, harassment, and exploitation. The article makes a lot of cogent points with charts, graphs, and anecdotal observations and biased opinions. The racist history of tipping from Splinter. Tipping is a norm in the U.S., but it hasn't always been this way. Tipping was considered un-American and undemocratic when rich Americans began to adopt the practice in the mid-1800s. By the end of the Civil War, tipping had spread throughout the country. According to research by activists at Restaurant Opportunity Centers United, The reason behind his popularity was inherently racist, and it goes all the way back to slavery. If you eat at a restaurant in the U.S., you're expected to tip. It's the right thing to do. But did you know that tipping has a racist past? It's not just because black waiters are tipped less than their white co-workers, or that the tip minimum wage makes the poor poorer. It's that the custom of tipping in America was racist from the very beginning, and it does go all the way back to slavery. Tipping started among European aristocrats in the 17th century. Rich Americans adopted the practice in the mid-1800s, and it spread throughout the country after the Civil War. According to research by activists at the Restaurant Opportunity Center United, newly freed slaves flocked to major cities to find work, but they were only hired in what were considered unskilled positions, mostly in restaurants. Racist restaurant owners embraced tipping as a way to employ freed slaves without actually having to pay them any wages. And some customers were down with the new practice because they believed it was natural to tip their inferiors. Racism and classism run deep. From Consumer Reports, is it time to rethink the rules of tipping? Given all the anxiety over tipping, it's perhaps not a surprise that 46% of Americans in Consumer Reports survey said they favor a system that would do away with tipping and instead charge prices that reflect the true cost of paying workers a living wage. From Checkbook.org, some consumers detest the whole concept of tipping. Why don't restaurants, hotels, salons, and dozens of other businesses where tipping is expected just charge the higher prices and pay their workers more? It would spare the workers the risk of having lousy days of earnings at the hands of unusual strings of tipping stiffs. And it would also spare the customers the process of deciding whether a tip is appropriate, the numbers crunching to calculate the right amount, and the often weird interpersonal dynamic that tipping creates. Anti-tipping sentiments prevailed in the U.S. at the beginning of the 20th century. Between 1909 and 1918, seven states passed anti-tipping laws, although all of them were repealed by 1926. EmilyPost.com has charts and graphs of how much to tip, of course, including at restaurants, wait service, wait service buffet, host or maitre d', takeout, home delivery, bartender, tipping jars, restroom attendant, and valet so there's lots of information out there to guide you wikipedia's entry for gratuity says leaving some change on the restaurant table is one way of giving a gratuity to the restaurant staff a gratuity also called a tip is a sum of money customarily given by a client or customer to certain service sector workers for the service they have performed in addition to the basic price of the service It may or may not be customary to tip servers in bars and restaurants, taxi drivers, including ride-sharing, hairstylists, and so on, but this depends on the country or location. Giving a tip is typically irreversible, differentiating from the reward mechanism of a placed order, which can be refunded. Tips and their amount are a matter of social custom and etiquette, and the custom varies between countries and between settings. In some locations, tipping is discouraged and considered insulting, while in some other locations, tipping is expected from customers. The customary amount of a tip can be a specific range of monetary amounts or a certain percentage of the bill based on the perceived quality of the service given. It is illegal to offer tips to some groups of workers, such as U.S. government workers and, more widely, police officers. The tips may be regarded as bribery. A fixed percentage service charge is sometimes added to bills in restaurants and similar establishments. Tipping may not be expected when a fee is explicitly charged for the service. I am going to focus on restaurants and bars for both clarity and expediency's sake, or I could be here for several hours discussing if, when, and how much to tip gardeners, hair shampooers, dog groomers, landscapers, bellhops, and skycaps, just to name a few. As someone who toiled in both front and back of house, that's guest customer dining bar service for the front, and kitchen staff for the back of house to the uninitiated, I simply cannot be objective. My experience has both seasoned and tempered my weary, jaundiced eye in favor of service staff and taught me what to look for in any place I go, where I just pick up on pain points when it isn't so good and tick off all the good to very good to excellent to superior aspects of ambiance, food, drinks, and service of places that stand out. Personal note, I frequent very few seen places, preferring to go to haunts that suit my tastes. Gotta be good, but not noisy, and not full of spoiled bratty types. My preferred places are better for conversation and relaxation, not big on the oots, oots, oots. I am a regular at places that I love, and I know the quality of what they do, and are consistent about it. My deeply personal expectations, which I rarely publicly assert, and if I do, I reinforce that they are my personal convictions, require consistency. I manage my expectations based on the type of place I frequent. I don't go to a local pub and expect white tablecloths and servers and tuxedos. Similarly, I don't go to a well-reviewed high-end restaurant expecting a giant flat screen with whatever game is on and a bucket of wings. But I like to think that I tip well because I am always grateful for good service and know what it takes to provide it. With the Yelp culture of instant gratification or retaliation which might be construed to be part of the cancel culture against anyone or any business that doesn't cater to every whim as in moving from table to table before settling to their seats, the insistence that staff take photos of guests in the throwing of shade on social media as a weapon of intimidation, service people have to deal with so much more than I ever had to deal with, and I am extremely grateful for that as well. It would be quite different if everybody with an opinion had an informed opinion and not just compliments and or agrees with the way they look at the world around them in the moment, but that is a fantasy. There was a lot of hard physical labor involving prep, constant maintenance, also known as mise-en-scene, during dining shifts, as well as cleanup and divvying up the front waiters, back waiters, bussers, bartenders, captains tips. I have seen quite a lot of antagonistic negotiations between those who feel they deserve a greater percentage and those who feel they haven't received the level of professional service support they are being asked to tip out on. But that's another story. Tipping. As far as I'm concerned, tip and tip well. You just don't know what it costs people to be there. Aside from and out of the many pleasant informed guests, how much they have to endure from the relatively few nudges who ruin their evenings with the assault on self-esteem the out-of-hand, dismissive attitudes, the self-centered indulgence so many people display, and the arrogant lack of knowledge expressed by those who believe that simply by sitting down and ostensibly being able to afford the meal they are eating, that they are entitled to abuse the fully formed human serving them, all without the slightest trace of self-awareness or any further consideration of the many ways service staff compensates for your atrocious behavior. I have never once done any of the things I've seen a good many co-workers do to retaliate against offensive personality types because it isn't in my nature. My best interest, karma and all that. But it goes on. And before the age of Instagram, it went on quite differently. The sly subversion that also goes on informs other service staff that they have a problematic guest in the house. And they track you and keep notes on the reservation apps, the in-house computers, and between each other. I used to work with one guy who... If he felt slighted or his ego was bruised, which was often, and the guest was paying via credit card and not debit card, he would slide the card for the check with service charge included. It was a touristy but fun joint, and then do it over and over until the credit limit was reached, a temporary block until reconciliation, just to spite them without being aware until they tried to use the card later in the evening or at another place. Again, not my style and something I would never do, but other people did because people are people, and we are all only human, some more human than others. I worked in a diner for a week, and it was abominably, depressingly awful. Aside from being repeatedly, slowly, insultingly asked by diners if I spoke English, as if I had a lower intellect because I was standing there, and English-speaking capability was a determining factor to those people, the din, the clatter, the pace, workload, tips based on paltry check amounts, and the ever simmering mistrust between management and at least some staff was stomach-tightening, to say the least. And it definitely was not worth it at all to me anyway. After that short, hellish diversion, I was able to resume finding the best quality places to work in and make the most money I could doing it. What co-workers did to food and checks was another thing, and again, things I would never do. But please be aware that not everyone is as high-minded and ethical and enlightened as you and I are. Some are outright lowlifes who I would not trust for the blink of an eye, and I would wash my hands thoroughly after any interpersonal exchange with them because they could not be trusted with even basic hygiene. That being said, the overwhelming majority of people I've worked with have been great people with good judgment and ethical backbones, and each of them performed professionally and did their jobs very well. The honorable people also wind up covering for the lowlifes in order to save their own skin, their own reputations, and their pool tipping amounts, and, th- and things like that. And some folks are just plain awful at their jobs, but they usually don't last too long because they mostly don't get it in numerous ways, which I won't go into. But you either get it or you don't. There was a time when I worked in the business and did some charitable work where I met with the owners and families of well-known establishments who referred to the employment pool as drunks and thieves, which, of course, meant that as far as they were concerned, I was lumped into as well. Excuse me. And, by the way, I never took a cent that wasn't mine, and while I was doing this charitable work, I completely abstained from alcohol for several years. But I digress. I read comments on posts about the subject of tipping and wonder if the people doing so have any idea That they are living in a dream world, wondering if they have ever worked in service and tempered their beliefs with hands on experience. Because if they truly believe that the abstracts they assert reflect reality, they do live in fantasy land. There are also a great many people who are miserable, but fully believe that they are the life of the party, perfectly reasonable, possess a lovely disposition and that they are fully qualified to be the sole arbiter of service standards, gratuities, and their unbiased judgment of others is flawless. Uh huh. I'm going to finish with a bit more from Wikipedia. From a theoretical economic point of view, gratuities may solve the principal agent problem, the situation in which an agent, such as server, is working for a principal, such as restaurant owner or manager, and many managers believe that tips provide incentive for greater worker effort. However, studies of the practice in America suggest that tipping is often discriminatory or arbitrary. Workers receive different levels of gratuity based on factors such as age, sex, race, hair color, and even breast size, and the size of the gratuity is found to be only very weakly related to the quality of service. In conclusion, just tip. You don't have to go crazy, but tip. Whenever anyone speaks loud enough to be heard and they attempt to justify not tipping, It isn't a turn-on. It repels people. Either don't be a cheap bastard, or don't bother going out. But tip. Thanks for listening. See you next time, and as the kiddies say, Peace out!